You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. It was at a party in the summer in the Northwest years ago. The sun was out. So when the sun's out, you got to have fun. And we were at this party. It was a neighborhood block party. And me and my wife um, met some people that we we didn't know. We'd never met before. And um, it was at that party where we started uh, just an incredible friendship. As the uh, the evening wore on, the conversation went from just kind of fun, connecting kind of things, just like, oh, you know these people, or you're interested in this. And um, I remember me and the the husband really liked talking football. Later in the evening, um, there was just this moment at this party as the sun was kind of like setting where there was a moment of vulnerability. And um, this family that we just met shared with us they, that they had gone through this tremendous loss, the loss of of Samantha's uh, father. In the conversations, they had learned, you know, that I, I was a pastor. And so, uh, although they they didn't believe what I believed and were not Christian, they they did. They asked us to pray for them. And I remember praying for them. You know, I, the party had kind of moved on. We were kind of off on the side. And so, I just prayed for them. And, and um, we started this really incredible relationship. And it was, I think it's at parties sometimes where you can have some of the most powerful conversations, meet people, and maybe even start friendships and deepen friendships uh, that can really be life-changing. And um, Garden City is a place where you can belong before you believe. That means that, you know, we, we spend time with people who think and maybe believe differently than we believe, but we still love people and we try to love people the way Jesus loves them. This is a place where we want you to be able to open your heart um, to love, to prayer, to healing, to deeper friendships, to maybe a new, a new, new life. You know, one of the keys to this um, this way of of living and being as a church is we have a theology and practice of party. Now, this practice is centered on Jesus, and I think that when you look at the the life and the stories of Jesus, that you see that that parties were sacred to him, that people were sacred to him, and he had a real theology and practice of party. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that, especially heading into this this season where there's sun out and we can begin building relationships and we can have fun and we can party together. So let's look at a party in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 27. It says this, Afterward, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at a kiosk for collecting taxes. Jesus said to him, follow me, join me. This is a rabbi, a, a teacher in Jesus' culture, asking someone to come follow his way and learn his way. Now, there, this is kind of unusual. Let's keep reading. Levi got up, left everything behind, and followed him. So a tax collector in this day and age, just to give a little bit of context, was seen as, as a despised person by their own people, by their own culture, because they were seen as collaborators with the o- occupying force that was the Roman government. These were seen as, as an occupying outsider uh, force um, to, the, to the people of Israel or, or the Jewish people at this time. Often, um, 
the tax collectors would take more than they should in taxes for themselves. So not only give to the Roman government, but to keep it for themselves. So they would take more taxes for themselves at the expense of their Jewish community. They were seen often as traitors to their own people. They wouldn't have made the cut to be any rabbi's disciple uh, for any, you know, normal rabbi. But Jesus sees something in Matthew and calls him to become a learner, a disciple of his way in the kingdom. Interestingly, Matthew actually ends up writing his own gospel account, a biography of Jesus, if you will, the book of Matthew. And I bet nobody, I mean, nobody in that, <laughs> that day and age, in that time, uh, saw that coming. Nobody thought a deplorable outcast tax collecting sinner like Matthew would become a leader in the Jesus movement. But he did. Jesus came to heal the sick and transform real people, transform sinners. In verse 29, it goes on talking about Levi slash Matthew. Then Levi threw a great banquet for Jesus in his home. He opened his home to the life of Christ. Now, a large number of tax tax collectors and others sat down to eat with them. The Pharisees and their legal experts grumbled against his disciples. They said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why are you throwing a party? And why are you part of a party with these people? The the religious wonder, you know, why are you hanging out? out with those who are outside rather than those who are inside like the religious community the good religious community those who are worthy why why are you doing that the question for us i think at this moment is in this story is what led the religious leaders and the pharisees to view hanging out with sinners and tax collectors as such a bad thing we know that a lot of the the belief of that 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 um, time was if you are with sinners they like infect you with their sin if you are with sinners, uh, that can make you, um, in certain ways, uh, ceremonially unclean. A rabbi shouldn't be with these people who can infect them with their sin, with their uh, lifestyle. Uh, this proximity to these people, is it's, it's bad. Why is Jesus with these people and not upset about being with Matthew and his friends, but the religious are? What did the religious folk miss in this moment? Here's a little insight in verse 31. Jesus answered heard their grumblings, and he directly answered them. He said this, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I didn't come to call the righteous uh, people, but sinners to change their hearts and lives. I didn't, he's saying, I didn't come to try to, you know, save people who think that they're saved and, and hang out with righteous people who, who feel like that everything's fine in their life. Everything's perfect in their their life. I came to be with real people who know that they have real problems, and I came so they could change their hearts and their lives. Now, here's a few observations that I think are important. Jesus understands himself as a healer, and sick people need healing. They need good treatment. They need good medicine from a good doctor. And Jesus isn't like this uh, a religious leader who sees himself as a doctor that has to like diagnose from far off, you know, from far away, uh, and yell at people to get their lives right. And this is the medicine you need to take, but stay away from me. He's a doctor who gets up close and sees what the real issues are. Jesus walks with sinners and hangs out with sinners and people who are sick, spiritually sick. And yet Jesus doesn't sin. 
and he isn't infected by their sin. He's not, it's not like their uh, behaviors and bad, you know, like unhealthy, whether it's behaviors or beliefs or uh, attitudes that, it, that doesn't infect him. He's not, and he's not afraid of that. When Jesus hangs out with sinners, it actually transforms them. And when he hung out with sinners, people who were, uh, who probably knowingly didn't have everything together, it bugged the religious people. I mean, it bugged them. Like, why are you with them? And because he hung out with people who didn't have it together and people who are very broken uh, and seen as very broken, the religious lab- labeled him as a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Like this was this label that the religious put on him. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 11. But Jesus didn't let the labels of the religious and the uh, folks um, bother him. He didn't allow the, ex- you know, the exclusive, um, you know, attitudes of the religious uh, to affect him. Jesus actually owned that. He was like, yeah, this is why I came. I'll take that label. I came to be with them. Jesus is present to people in the party. And we see that Jesus loves people right where they're at. Um, Jesus expected parties to be filled with people who didn't think like him, had different struggles and different perspectives. I think it's important that we remember if we come from maybe a religious background or church background, don't assume everyone will think the same as you or live the same way that you do. Well, then how can we be with them and not, you know, like compromise our beliefs and compromise what I stand for and, you know, not give permission to uh, the things that I don't think are healthy. All these questions come up that can prevent us from just entering the party and being a presence with Christ. Well, here's something important. Proximity, I think for Jesus, proximity equaled presence, not permission. Being in close proximity with all kinds of people who might think and look at things different than you, and maybe even in unhealthy ways, little unhealthy or major unhealthy ways. Proximity doesn't equal permission for that kind of stuff. Proximity with Jesus was presence, was a presence of love, was a presence of healing, was a presence of transformation. Parties are where Jesus turned outsiders into insiders. It's where people were at. It's where people who needed him. So he went there and, and, he, and he actually engaged and, and catalyzed parties and people being together with all kinds of different beliefs and put them all together. It was right in the middle of it. Outsiders like Matthew and his friends were turned into insiders. They were uh, brought into things. And Matthew actually became a disciple who followed Jesus and actually began practicing the way of Jesus. So let's think about Matthew's perspective just for a second. It's interesting that in Matthew's biography of Jesus, he actually emphasized uh, this about the character of Jesus. He said, he wrote this, they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. This is a major emphasis for the Matthew in the book of Matthew. And so to Matthew, Jesus was God with us on the journey, God with us when we don't belong, God with us in our mess and our pain, and Jesus is God with us at the party. If you were to ask Matthew why he wrote his book about Jesus, I imagine that he may have said one of the main reasons or one of the big reasons could be that there are maybe there's so many people that are like me, tax collectors and sinners, outsiders and unworthy. People who need to know that God wants to be with you at your house, in the middle of your party, in the middle of your life, with your friends. 
Jesus is God with us. He wants to heal. He wants to transform. He doesn't want to condemn. He wants you to belong as you learn to believe and change. I think Matthew's perspective and Matthew's party helps us see that the purpose of a party for Jesus is to celebrate with the God who is present, who's right here, right now. The purpose of a party for Jesus isn't creating a special religious club. It's not, uh, you know, trying to maintain religious purity, uh, keeping and excluding the bad people and partying and being with the good people and patting everybody on the back and saying, aren't we great? So it's not about religious purity or overindulgence. Jesus didn't come to judge Matthew or get drunk with Matthew. The purpose of a party is, for Jesus followers especially, is to experience God's presence and to help other people experience God's joyful, loving presence so that we can all turn to God's healing love. And we can all build relationships of love and belonging together. Jesus had a theology and practice of party, and we should too. Here's three very practical um, practices, ways to practice presence at parties. So the first is pray for the party. If you're going to a party or throwing a party, pray and ask Jesus to help you see and be present with people he wants you to be connected with. He wants you to be in proximity with. Number two, be present to people at the party. I know this sounds simple, but, you know, go to parties and throw parties, like engage in them, be engaged in the people in your life and be present when you're there. Be interested in others. Make it a point to talk and connect with people you don't know, like like stretch outside of your normal social circle at the party. Look for people who might be on the outside looking in and pull them in. Don't be a me monster and only talk about yourself. Nothing's worse uh, than when we talk with someone who's only talking about themselves and never asks a good question about you. Be interested, not just trying to be interesting. Be interested in others. I just think it's so important to remember to be present with people at parties. Um, It's helpful to remember people open up their hearts at parties Uh, because they're fun and there's just a sense of of relaxation. You're not as uptight. People can kind of just cut loose a little bit, be themselves. And I think people open their hearts. They share their worries, their joys, their sorrows, their stories. And the Bible teaches us to celebrate with those who are celebrating, mourn with those who are mourning, respond to those who are sharing and opening their hearts. Uh, Maybe even pray for those who need prayer. It doesn't always happen. um, But like the story I talked about, my, my friends asked for prayer and, who, and they didn't know Jesus. They weren't. They didn't believe the same things I believed. But they just asked for a prayer of blessing on their life, and I was able to do that at a party. Look for what God is doing in other people's lives at a party. Number three, find what you have in common. I think this is really important. The Pharisees at the Matthew's party. What do they focus on? What's wrong? What's different? Who should? Who's in and who's out? And who should be out and who should be in? Uh, they miss the purpose of Jesus being at the party. They missed his presence of love in the middle of this party. And because of this, it caused the religious to miss seeing sick and hurting people, people who found themselves on the outside, who were longing for belonging, and they needed to find the the healing love of Jesus. They missed it. You don't have to go deep all the time. It's amazing what you can connect on when you focus on what you have in common. Movies, good food, hobbies, 
uh, you know, dad jokes, uh, karaoke. There's just so many things that you can connect on, like focus on what you have in common uh, and then see where that leads. You can build some great and deep friendships. You can have some great and deep conversations. You can just have fun with people. I think that is so important right now. I want to encourage you to go to a party or throw a party, you know, in this season, this spring, this summer, you know, with the sun's out and do some fun things and join Jesus where he's at with people. Invite neighbors, friends, coworkers, family, or join, you know, neighbors, friends, coworkers, something that they may be throwing um, and have fun. Be like Levi slash Matthew, who threw a great banquet for Jesus at his home. He threw a party. What friendships could be started? What healing conversations could happen? What new ways could you experience the presence of Jesus through the practice of party? What, and what would prevent you in this season from practicing party? Uh, is it busyness, fear, social anxiety? That can be a real one. Um, I know f- for me, I'm kind of rebuilding some of that like social muscle coming out of the last three years, rebuilding friendships. Sometimes I, f- <laughs> I feel like, what do I say? I just have a little more social anxiety than I'm used to feeling. And I'm kind of, uh, I've got this party and relationship muscle that's atrophied a little bit, but I, I want to I get that rebuilt and, and, and strong again, because it's just so important for what I think is a kingdom Jesus-centered life. What would it take to get over the, the barriers that maybe you face to practicing uh, the presence and practicing party with Jesus? Would Matthew have been transformed into a follower of Jesus if Jesus hadn't practiced party and presence with him and his friends? It's interesting to think about. And uh, what if Jesus hadn't clearly rejected the Pharisees' approach of exclusion through inclusion? I wonder... How many of you might relate a little bit to Matthew and his friends in need of forgiveness, healing, uh, inclusion, and belonging? Or, you know, maybe feeling like outsiders, like he and his friends. Or maybe there's some of you who might relate a little bit more to the Pharisees, kind of fearful, (laughs) kind of wanting to keep withdrawn, having a little bit of like religious social anxiety, um, wanting to be separate from some people in the party. You know, wherever you're at, Jesus invites us to the party. Friends, I just want us to think this last moment um, about this. Isn't it ironic that when Jesus had his last meal with the disciples, when he was facing death on the cross and utter rejection from, his, from the religious community that he was a part of, um, Jesus, the glutton and the drunkard, Jesus, the friend of sinners, grabbed bread and wine and his friends. And then he said to them, when you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Remember that I was a friend to sinners. Remember that I came to heal the sick, not reject them. I came to accept the outsider, not to exclude them. Remember that I was present at the parties of sinners. And remember that you are to do the same. Guys, I love you so much. Let's practice party together. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.